This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the MK1 podcast, hosted by myself, Ross and Joe, where we talk everything Milton Keynes Dons. First of all, guys, uh, specifically Ross, how are you guys doing? Not too bad, mate. How about yourself, Joe? Yeah, yeah, all good. Getting through the week one day at a time. Good to hear. So, I suppose we should start it off by sort of introducing why we started the podcast in the first place. Uh, Joe, do you want to give your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, well, I mean, the, the main story was, uh, first of all, I think you did a like a four-minute clip. Well, I guess it was more of a rant about uh, <laughs> the decision to let Reese Healy go. And uh, I jokingly said, um, well, when's the podcast coming then, mate? And you said, well, are you up for one? So, yeah, I guess it's kind of stemmed from there. And I think uh, many people that would follow me on Twitter probably know I'm quite opinionated. So I thought maybe save the tweets and uh, express myself through this way instead. Yeah, um, that's pretty much my picture of it. Um, Ross, what about yourself? More of a uh, relationship slash connection towards, um, between us, myself and other fans, really. I like to interact with other Don's fans. And I just love really hearing opinions within the fan base about all MK related. Yeah, I mean, just alone from the you know, tweet um, for later on the podcast talking about opinions on who's impressed and who hasn't, and the reaction we got from that was... Quite incredible, in my opinion, considering we haven't even oh, yeah, had a podcast yeah. out yet. And, you know, the amount of followers we have got and interaction in general shows that I feel we do have a good connection with the fan base. And as, uh, you know, Joe and Ross said, we are, you know, free opinionated people. So coming on a podcast and talking about it is quite a good method to maybe not rant like uh, I did previously, but express our opinions and hope that people can argue that or disagree or agree. Definitely, yeah. Hopefully, be a bit more measured and uh, have time to call off after the 90 minutes of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I know, Joe, you've got um, an appearance on the Railway Men's podcast on Sunday morning, haven't you, regarding uh, the crew game? 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, looking, obviously looking forward to the crew game. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll uh, just have to wait and see how we fare under Saturday to see what the tone of uh, that one will be. Definitely. OK, so before we get into any games, um, we have, we've got an off-season to talk about and a, specifically a transfer window. Um, so I just wanted to gather your guys' thoughts on the window in general so far uh, and some key additions and key losses that you feel we've had. Um, obviously, the two key losses we all know about. Uh, so, Joe, why don't you take it away? Yeah, I think at the start of the window, I think we were all a bit un- underwhelmed with, you know, what was going on. We had, we lost Gilby quite early, and then we, we we a lot of our key players from last season they weren't signing on straight away, and um, gradually we did start to, you know, sign them back on. Um, but but I just I guess there just wasn't much excitement, and especially with Healy going, we really did look to be in a pretty dire place but it's quite funny how that can all change with a couple of quality additions in Sorensen, O'Hora and um, Scott Fraser which I think everyone's delighted about and it's uh, actually now things are are kind of looking up rather than looking behind our shoulders. Yeah of course um, you know the strikers is still yet to come in and obviously with Martin's press conference today we still have no clear idea of who the striker will be and whether they're going to come in the first place but yeah, I think, as you said, with the additions of Sorensen and Fraser, those two in particular for me really showed a mark of intent uh, and you know, the, the club is actually reinvesting this money as they said they would, whereas perhaps what, in the past they maybe haven't. Um, yeah, actually. yeah. I mean, what, what sort of striker do you think we need, Liam? Well, I've always been a player that... Oh, a player. Um, I've always liked a player that's like for like. Um, so obviously with Healy, you know, he'd always drift onto the wing um, and then cut in. So a player that I've always quite liked and I've profiled a few years ago was a Liam Cullen, who's playing for Swansea. Um, you know, he's been doing quite well in the 23s recently. And there's been rumours about him potentially going up to the first team, but it's not cemented in. Um, so a player like that who, like Healy, is quite quick and quite good on the ball. Uh, but also has that killer instinct up front and is camp at the ball at the back of the net. Um, so I would love someone like that. Um, I actually thought the club might go in for that Handlon, who's gone to Bristol Rovers, but of course that hasn't happened. Um, but I think the links with Humphreys, for me, were a bit off and I didn't particularly feel he'd be a good fit for the system. Uh, and although the club, by sounds has been quiet about him, uh, the, the price point must have put them off. Uh, Ross, what about your thoughts on the off-season so far? Uh, something which really caught my eye was um, the recruitment of Richard Keown, captain of Derby County for seven seasons, played over 300 appearances, um, fits the mould of Russell Martin. He loves playing out from the back. Um, it's, it's a sign which really excites me because of Louis isn't the type of player to always speak up. He's a very quiet individual, I feel. um, He'll only say something when it's needed. But I feel Richard Keown, um, once fit, will be a really uh, good addition to the squad. And I think some players like Daniel Harvey, who are young, 22 years of age, he's going to learn from someone of that calibre slash experience. And I I really think it will, uh, time will tell whether uh, Daniel Harvey will turn into one of them Dean Lewington replacements as such. Yeah, I feel there's a bunch of potential in Harvey. You know, we saw throughout pre-season he was getting rave reviews. Um, 
yeah, we'll get on to Saturday and what happened at Doncaster, but perhaps he is going to need a bit more time than people think. Um, I know sometimes this, uh, us, us as a fan base tend to uh, like overhype players too early on and then the pressure may get to them. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I do really like the potential in Harvey and I can definitely see um, maybe what Callum Britton did bring on the right-hand side, if Harvey can bring on the left-hand side. And obviously we've got Regan Paul, who seems to have locked down that right-wing back role now. And I like those two as like a wing-back pairing. Um, yeah, in regards to Keogh, I feel it's a great side on the phase of things, you know. He's going to be once fit that central centre-back in the uh, back three or five, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, and it will bring that leadership that Lewington has brought for many years at this club. And, yeah, good signing. Don't know what you think about uh, the Keogh signing, Joe. Yeah, I think with, with the Keogh one, I think by the sounds of it, he... He's turned down a lot of offers to come here, so he's obviously not come here for the money. And I feel like it's one of those where it could easily turn into a Matthew Upson, it could easily turn into a Jimmy Bullard signing where, you know, big name, a lot of hype, but in the end, it just fizzles out. But I feel that this one, you know, he's not really had injury troubles in his career, and I feel this is a potential sign that could have a real, real upside. And who knows, maybe in the future, with the look to coaching, or, you know, he's in his mid-30s. So I, th- I think it's that's it's definitely a good signing, and I, yeah, I, I echo everything you said about Daniel Harvey. It's um, obviously we don't have wingers, but we've got some of the most exciting uh, wing backs, if you like, in the in the division. I'd say. Yeah, completely agree. Also, going on from uh, Richard Keogh, he will um, he'll he, obviously he's a uh, Republic of Ireland international. He can pass on his experience to all these young, like Sam Nombe, Sorinola left wing back who's starting to actually get some games and obviously has impressed in this pre-season so I'm more excited to see what these young talents can actually do under his guidance Definitely A quick question for you guys um, say um, obviously this window with the sale of Healy rests a lot on bringing in this striker and we spoke about it a bit previously say if we don't get uh, a striker in or a striker that the club doesn't feel could be as prolific if not more prolific than Healy would you class the window as a failure I suppose is the good word for it or would you see would, or do you reckon the plays we've got in now are good enough I, I personally I don't think it would be a good window but I, I wouldn't call it a failure either I feel when Agard is back, whatever you say about whatever you want to say about Agard, he, he has scored goals at this level before. Whether or not he's going to be scoring ten goals a season, probably not. But we do have a couple of strike, a few strikers up front, and overall, I think as well one of the best things we've done in the windows a lot, a lot of the the fringe players or players with injuries, such as Joe Walsh and Jordan Moore Taylor, as good as they were, they were riddled with injuries throughout their time. And I feel we just need a smaller group of players that we can rely on that are versatile. And I feel that the outgoings actually were quite impressive by Martin. He was very decisive in that. And yeah, I, I look forward to seeing about this striker. But if we don't get one, I wouldn't say it's a failure. But it would be a shame, but not a failure. What about yourself, Ross? I think this striker is pretty vital in our season. Um Obviously, Sam Numbe, he's he's a young kid. He's I think he's 21 years old, slash 22. 
Um, I don't feel like we should be putting that sort of pressure on such a young kid. Um, I feel like, obviously, with the games which have uh, gone past already, he's struggling to put chances away. But Russ has already reassured us that it's going to take some time. But I feel like we still need that extra player to get that extra five to ten goals at least a season to for e- us to even like push mid table maybe. Yeah, um, I think for me, I'm not against. I do think we need a striker 100. percent I think we all agree on that. And I yeah. do think um, getting someone in is vital, a bit like Ross. Um, but I'm I'm not against bringing a guy in on loan at all. Uh, obviously, it's not ideal, but when you consider we've probably spent a fair bit of money on the uh, Fraser deal and then the Sorensen loan, um, we've got to be realistic. And I think that's what the chairman's trying to do with his comments about you know being able to continue to plan in case uh, a second lockdown does happen or COVID does not come back, but come back with its full effect it did in previous months. Um, so... You know, I could see a loan happening. I've said that for quite a long time. I just hope that the loan that we bring in is of good quality. But track record. look at our tracking history of loans with Bamford and Fobe. We have had success in the past with loans. So it's not always in our bad option, is it? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, the, the quality of play that Russ has brought in already on paper and what we've seen from the players that have played so far has been pretty good. Pretty good. So and I think the brand of football has a lot to say towards that as well. Yeah, well, you know, you've seen the new recruits saying how pleased they are, the style of football they're playing. Uh, I think a horror went unquote saying that. So, yeah, it's all positive so far. I just hope that we do get the striker in and they perform well. Because if they do, then, um, you know, who knows mm-hmm. what we could finish. Probably not uh, really high at the table, but it can be a good building block season to something more later on. Definitely, definitely. I think a lot of the, a lot of the pieces are there, but it's just it's just a matter of the final piece of the jigsaw, really. Yeah. So we've played three games already, gents. Um, we play obviously Coventry at home in the uh, Carabao Cup. Then we face Northampton in the EFL Trophy. Uh, most importantly, we face Doncaster on Saturday in the league opener. Um, and I put out some questions on Twitter regarding uh, players who maybe have impressed people. And some players that are looking, people are looking to see more from. Uh, one of the standout names from that list in terms of impressive people was Bailey Cargill. And I know he got in the uh, D3, D4 team of the week. Um, so, Joe, what are your thoughts on Cargill's performances so far? And how how do you feel he plays into this team, especially in the system that it's in right now? I think Bailey Cargill, I think if, if you just go back all the way back to the Paul Tisdale system, you can just sort of see what he is best at. And that is, he's, he's a good enough defender, in my opinion, but his real his real assets are going forward and being able to see a pass, being able to dribble, go past players. And I feel he, he really does add another dimension to our play. I mean, if you, you look at Sheffield United and um, how, they, how they play with the overlapping centre-backs and the, in, in the wide areas, they create the overloads and they, they managed to switch the play. And I, th- I feel that's similar to what we're doing. And I feel having players that can play centre-back, but also can be comfortable on the ball is a real must if you're going to play a system like that. So I think he's going to be a real asset in this team this season. What about yourself, Ross? 
I agree with everything which Joe's saying, but the thing which uh, worried me at the weekend was a counter-attack of football. Um, Cargill and Paul, they would attack so high up the pitch, but we'd get done on the counter-attack. And we're, I'm sorry, but Cargill's quite a slow player. Paul can make up for it through his pace, but um, it's something which concerns me within that back line. Yeah, I can see those concerns. Um, my counter-argument to that is uh, Dan Harvey is quite a rapid player from what I've seen. Um, so you'd hope that Harvey and then if Kasumu's on that side, if he does start, then those two are quite athletic players who can cover, especially when you know Cargill is bombing up forward and Lewington isn't the most mobile himself. So I think it's a team effort in terms of you know stopping the counter-attack. But I do completely get those concerns, Ross. I think for me, with Cargill, he seems to be at the heart of everything we do. And I feel Saturday was a good way of showing that. You know, when the team was great in the first half, Cargill was the centre of everything. His heat map was pretty much on the halfway line, which for a centre-back is pretty crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think he had two shots on target. Um, and one of them was pretty well saved by uh, Morosi. So, and then we saw in the second half how him and Harvey may need to develop some chemistry still as a partnership. And that ultimately led to their goal was, you know, a throwing happens, they weren't perhaps communicating very well and then, uh, the, you know, cross goes in and then cuts back and scores. So I feel this team's success, whilst it may seem to say this, could depend a lot on Cargill as, you know, he's the only real player that can play that position, in my opinion. Livington isn't mobile enough to play that position anymore. I wouldn't offer the team the same sort of qualities. So it rests a lot on Cargill for me. And it's a good job he has, through this lockdown, worked a lot on his mental side as well as his footballing side because he's going to need to be available for pretty much every single game this season and perform well in the majority of them if this team wants to achieve what they're setting out to do, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, just touching on what Ross said about the counter-attacks, I think that, you know, as you said, if Lewington was playing that and bombing, you know, we love, no, Lewington loves to bomb forward. But if, if in this system, if he was doing that, we'd be exposed even more. And I, I think uh, from the weekend, Bailey Cargill completed three out of three dribbles. He, um, he also completed um, tw- uh, seven out of 12 long balls as well. So that just shows that the switches of play you know, they're really becoming part of our game and enabling us to open up the pitch. And I think especially at Stadium MK on the bigger pitch, that's going to be um, such a key feature for, for our build-up play. Well, speaking of switches of play, uh, the player that I saw the most in tweets was um, Lassa Sorensen, who was yeah. one of our latest uh, loan signings from Stoke City. Uh, I think Martin J. Afton, who's uh, on Twitter, is and he's a big well, one, of, one, of, one of our main friends in the podcast. Um, he talked about how his switch to play are arguably the best in the team. And for me personally, he has been the standout player so far in terms of what he's shown to us in the uh, real game, the real games, the competitive games. Um, Ross, I don't know what your thoughts on Sorensen are. But... Um, I was very underwhelmed when we signed him. I didn't really know much about him. Um, his track record wasn't great. I just heard um, that they just signed him on a long deal at Stoke. But since the moment he started, he hasn't been he hasn't been on the training pitch a lot, but the engine he has is just incredible. Um, he drives he drives the team the whole team forward, 
And as you say, his range of passing, it creates so many opportunities for the wing-backs, even for Kasumu to drive through. And as well as for Nombe up top, it creates so much op- so- it creates so many opportunities for this squad and I can't wait to see him even more. What about yourself, Joe? What do you think of Sorensen? I think, yeah, like Ross said, I don't think many of us had heard from him. And then, you know, on Twitter, you see a few murmurs from the Stoke fans that are a bit shocked that he dropped down a level because he did play um, after lockdown a few times for them. But I think one one key thing for Sorensen, especially with, you know, other players coming in is I think it's, his ability to one drive us forward, but I think his ability just to control the tempo as well. I feel he could potentially, when everyone is fit, he could maybe be replacing Houghton at the base of that midfield because he he actually said in one of his interviews he was more of a six than that, an eight himself. So, yeah, I think he, the quality he's got to run a game of football essentially is I don't think many are going to match in this division. Yeah, personally, to me, I did see him more of, as a six um, rather than the eight position he's playing now. It's interesting you mentioned the house, Houghton, actually, because I, me- I mentioned to Ross um, on the day of the game that uh, he kind of overshadowed Houghton. I'm not sure if that was the intention of uh, both of them, but Houghton just seemed to you know, play the basic passes and didn't really get too involved in uh, yeah. you know, direct balls at field. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see against Lincoln if that's the same uh, and if it's the same three in the midfield. Um, so that'll be interesting watch. Uh, the final player who has got well mixed reviews in my opinion is um, one player from our academy David Kasumu uh, now we had several people on Twitter saying how they felt he did really well in terms of attacking play and someone even mentioned how he could be the potential top assistant in the league which is quite a bold claim to make um, and I'm pretty sure we have some mixed reviews of Kasumu ourselves so I'll let Joe start off with Kasumu what do you think of David so far? I think with Kasumu last season when he came onto the scene, I think he was he was covering every blade of grass and he was bundled in, in tackles. I think he was almost trying too hard sometimes. And I think I think he really has matured in the past sort of year, six months. I think just looking from his heat map heat map from Saturday, he literally was everywhere. He had touches in our box. He had touches in the opposition's box. He was in the centre circle. He was out wide. And his passing accuracy was 85%, which for a League One central midfielder is, is, is not, a bad, not a bad going at all. But at the same time, I still do have those slight concerns in just in terms of the physicality and, and the, you know, the, the battles in, in midfield. He, he won 12 out of his 23 duels which, you know, isn't awful, but it just shows that he's not dominating the midfield, but he is he is getting around. Yeah, I do share those physicality issues. I feel if we are going to play out the back, like we have been with O'Hora and Lewington, who can be ball-playing centre-backs uh, as sort of their vocal point, I worry in terms of if Kasuma gets the ball with back-facing, you know, a player's going to close him down. The, obviously, players watch the tape. They're going to see that he struggled with jewels and he lacks that physicality. Mm. So they're going to target yeah. him. And, it's, and it can be said the same with Houghton, or the Houghton got a bit of a bigger build than uh, David has. Uh, Ross, what are your thoughts on Casimir in general and the physicality points made? Uh, well, I've, I've I've really rated him on Saturday, but as you as you allude to, he lacks in the final third in my eyes. I don't think he's got that killer pass to his game. Um, 
obviously time will tell whether he picks it up as it's a new role for him this season. And Martin even said that in his conference. But obviously with Fraser coming into the um, squad, I think, in my eyes, I think Fraser will play ahead of Kasumi. When in, the, in the exact same position, Ross. So that, that number sort of seven role or number eight role. Yeah, yeah, number eight. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, so we're going to. So Martin did a press conference this morning uh, ahead of the Lincoln City game, which we'll get on to next. But I just wanted to address some key points from that press conference. So uh, Martin said that uh, George Williams, Gladwin, and Fraser are all set to feature on Saturday. Obviously, they're all just returned to training, so expect limited minutes. But the fact that we get to see all three feature is going to be really positive and it's going to add a lot more depth to that bench, which I know some people said looked lacklustre on Saturday. In regards to the systems, um, Martin talked about how he felt the 3-5-2, so long as we're playing well, is here to stay, as it allows players like Priest mentioned Cargill, and he talked a bit about Paul, it allows them to get them more further forward. And... I'm personally a big fan of this because I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I did talk about Paul being a right wing back when he first joined. And I'm glad that uh, a decent manager, Martin, has actually realised that and decided to play him there. Uh, and also, Martin spoke about how there's still a potential of one or two players leaving who are potentially more fringe players who are getting game time. Um, obviously, we're not going to mention any names on here, but I'm sure you can make your own guesses as to who they may be. So, Joe, we've got a game on Saturday against Lincoln City. Um, take it away. Yeah, I was just doing, having a little read-up, seeing how um, Lincoln had got on so far. And um, they've had a really, really positive start to the season. I think, just looking back at last season, we had two... two we, we got four points off them, but we had two really tough games. And I was at both. And to be honest, I don't think we, sh- we should have uh, won either of them. And... Um, I think last season, it was a lot big season of transition from, you know, Danny Cowley's big, big balls up to the big striker. And now they're, they're playing a bit more football under um, Michael Appleton. And they've brought in some real quality players. Obviously, we know about Joe Walsh. We know about Colin Grandles. Um, they've also got the likes of um, Jorge Grant, who was there last season. And um, they've also signed um, Callum Morton from... Uh, West Brom on loan, who um, I don't know if people remember, but he absolutely uh, was an absolute bulldozer for Northampton in the playoffs. Um, their four games so far, they've um, they've won three and they drew one, which was in the uh, lease in trophy. And they've in all of those games, they pretty much have not had as much as much as the ball as the their opponents. Now that's one thing I do find quite interesting because. One thing we struggled with uh, last season was our kind of inability when teams sort of just let us have the ball and we were just playing in front of them, but without actually doing anything. I was just wondering, um, Liam, what do you think in terms of, you know, will we be able to break a team down that's sitting back and waiting to counter-attack? Yeah, well, we've definitely got the quality in the squad to do that um, with Sorensen and players like that who have that passing quality. Um, I do worry... Uh, regarding the counter-attacking, especially when we've got a left-handed side of Cargill and Harvey who are clearly lacking chemistry and lacking game time together. When when you go to Lincoln's previous games, the majority of their attacks do come down that right-hand side, which I believe is a mix of uh, Anderson, McGrandles and then uh, James Jones. So 
seeing those stats are very worrying. And I think it's going to rely on a lot of, if he does play Kasumu and a Harvey to get back and, you know, cover these attacks. Because if they don't, then we're also going to lose the game. Because Lincoln, especially with Morton, I know me and Ross quite like, and we kind of wish that we, you know, maybe signed him. Um, he's going to run that defence racket and he, he'll come in from the wing and, you know, potentially distract players like Harvey and people like that. And, you know, he's got that killer instinct in him, a bit like Aaron Connolly did when we played at Brighton in 23s in the uh, Checker Trade Trophy or the EFL. Yeah, he gave everything. Yeah, exactly. So I am worried about the other quality to break team like Lincoln down. It's just, do we have the strikers to finish those opportunities? Which I'm not sure we do at the moment. Hey, Rosh, what do you think? Um, one of the uh, players which caught my eye in that Lincoln side was uh, Anthony Scully. He's 21 years old. Um, I think they signed him from West Ham back in January on a permanent deal. He's already got two goals and two assists this season. And I've also seen a lot of Lincoln fans um, praising the, the, the young lad. And um, I think he'll cause problems within our side. Yeah, I did see some reviews on Scully. I'm assuming it would be... It's typically been playing a 4-3-3. So I'm guessing they'll go Scully, Anderson on the wings and then Morton in the centre. Um, yeah, which... they've also got Tom Hopper. Yes, well. yeah. That's what I was about to go on to say, yes, uh, Tom yeah. Hopper. That's no, all right. Um, but I feel if I was Mike Lafferton, I would be playing Morton, especially against a three-back, just because it can cause issues. You know, they've got a... They're going to have individual responsibilities on three centre-backs. And as it's alluded to, Morton goes all over the place. So it's really hard to mark. Um, so that could be a key battle for us, you know, keeping our roles between our three centre-backs and their three attackers and ensuring that And if you play like Morton doesn't get in behind and doesn't allow runners like Jones or McGrandles, who we know does like a little uh, a shot on a pass at a, at a time, um, you know, to get those chances because... Eventually, those chances turn into goals, and that's not what we want. I think, um, as well, with, with, with the, you were saying about those front three keeping our back three occupied, and then you've got to worry about Jorge Grant, um, who's also their captain, and obviously he's had quite a few good seasons at this level, and he can he can do he can score from twenty yards, he can pick a pass, so he's also just such a dangerous player. You've got to be aware of. Yeah, definitely. I think he's uh, he's a number 10, isn't he? So he's he's in the centre yeah, of that midfield exactly. three. So he's going to be picking the passes. Um, so a combination of him and Randalls could be quite deadly if we don't neutralise it very quickly. And that's going to be a responsibility of um, Houghton and Kasumu when they're not, you know, distributing the ball about. It's going to be to marking these players and ensuring that they, they can't control the game because they ultimately will try to do that. Yeah, I think... Um, as, quite, I think go, on. go on, Ross, mate. Uh, it's quite interesting because um, of Bradford played the similar system to what we, I assume we'll be playing on Saturday. And Appleton came out and said he enjoys um, the opposition teams coming and playing that high press because it puts pressure and it opens space up in the middle of the midfield for the Mortons and all that. So, um, and we saw how uh, Bradford got punished the other night. So it, it it will be a test of uh, Martins versus uh, Appleton systems. Definitely. And that's what worries me a bit more about Kasumi because, you know, he's going to be in a battle in that midfield. 
especially with, you know, Grandel's doesn't look physical, but he is a physical player. Um, and he's going to be likely going up against him. So it worries me, especially with that dual, uh, the dual stat that um, Joe read off earlier. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to see an improvement from a Kasumu. Otherwise, I can easily see a Gladwin or a Fraser you know, taking over his role uh, in the future. Speaking of uh, Fraser and Gladwin, um, you know, my command said that they're both set to feature against Lincoln, maybe for like 30 minutes or half, um, half if they can manage that. Uh, do you reckon they come in for a player like Kasumu or could we see maybe like a Houghton even drop out? Uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts on it? Do you want to go first, Ross? Um, well, we saw the potential with Gladwin going in the second half of last season, obviously coming back from his long injury spell. Um, Gladwin was the part of everything. He drove us up the pitch. A bit like Sorison, really, um, in a Doncaster game. He drove us up the pitch. And he, uh, he's not afraid to have a shot. Um, but obviously, with Fraser coming in, um, we've seen the highlight reels. Our, our fans were purring over it. And um, really, I'd rather have him match fit and uh, see about 20 minutes of him. Not too fast if he doesn't start, because obviously, he hasn't had that time. He's been a free agent all this time. But um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see both of them and how they do in the squad. Joe, what about yourself? Um, yeah, I, th I think it's really interesting with Fraser and Gladwin because I, I personally think they're quite similar in the fact that, you know, they, they do play in, in the centre of midfield, but I wouldn't necessarily call them central midfielders. They're much more attacking-minded midfielders. And therefore, in a game where you've got so much going on in the centre of the park, I feel you, you do need to have at least two, if you want, battlers in the middle, so the likes of Houghton, Kasumu, Sorensen, I think at least two of those three have got to start. So I think if, if either of them do start, I think it will only be the one. Um, but I, I personally think that we'll potentially go for the same midfield three that we had last Saturday, because I think it's a lot more combative. They get up the pitch a lot more. But I think um, in, in, in the games against maybe perhaps lesser opposition, when they are sat back, I think... You know, I could easily see Fraser and Gladwin both playing because, you know, some of the stuff Gladwin was doing last season, we haven't seen in, you know, in a good few years. The ability to just open up defences in passes that not even us from the stands could see. is um, and, and as well with Fraser, I think one thing we lacked on um, Saturday was just a little bit of cuteness in front of goal. And I feel that, you know, you could, like Ross said from the highlight reel, you can see that he's got, that sort of presence of mind in, in and around the box in abundance. Yeah, um, I think for me, obviously I'd love to see Gladwin start. I do feel he brings that real physical side to the midfield. And if I could replace him in that in this game particularly with the consumer, I feel it would make a world of difference, especially if our chances mm -hmm. of you know, potentially taking three points in this fixture. But yeah, I would expect them to both have bench rolls uh, on Saturday. Out of interest, um, Joe and Ross, but I guess Joe first. If you could only start one of Fraser or Gladwin, who would you start? Uh, I think, I think I'd, I'd do Gladwin because I think Gladwin's, from, from what I've read about Fraser, and again, I, I haven't seen him play a full ninety, but I, I just feel Gladwin, like you said, he, he's, he brings that physicalness. He's got that all-round play. Um, and I, I, so I think I'd go with Gladwin. What about yourself, Ross? I'd probably go with the opposite, and I think oh. I'll go with Fraser. Um, if we see the player which Burton saw at, uh, last season, 
we're on for a hell of a player. Um, I think, obviously, going forward, we've got Sorensen who drives us up the pitch. They could effectively take it in turns, um, have that balance within the squad. Um, but I do agree with Joe and yourself, Liam, about Gladwin's presence, his height within his squad. It will help against teams like Lincoln. Um, but on match day, if they're both fit, I'd say Fraser. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd happily start both. But uh, yeah, you know, just a question. Okay, so enough of the previous kinds of predictions. So... Joe, how do you see the game playing out? And if you want, give us a, st- a score prediction. I, th- I think if we're to get anything from this game, I think we have to score early because I think Lincoln will be more than happy just to sit back and just pick us off. So, I mean, that, that's what I want to happen, but I'd, de- I, I, I'd be happy with a one-all draw. And I think that would be, I think that's what the result's going to be. What about yourself, Ross? Uh, quite similar with Joe. Obviously, we'll be. I'd like to think that Martin wants the possession, um, but as we alluded to earlier, it'll be all about Kasumu in um, where where he normally plays um, and how he creates and what um, how he drives us up the pitch. But obviously, with Kasumu being being in the new role, um, I, I just don't think we're going to get anything out of this game. Um, I think it will probably be a 2-1 defeat. I see this game playing out very similarly to the one we had in League 2 um, at our place. Uh, the, the Bruno Andrade goal. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you remember it all. Um, yeah. yeah that, this game has very similar vibes to that in my opinion. Um, you know, Lincoln have recruited very well this summer as we've alluded to earlier. And I still feel we're in the process of doing that ourselves. So we've got a team who are on fire and playing well versus a team like us who, you know, are still learning the system and, you know, there's, there's still more players to come in and a place about injury as well. So it's very difficult to see us getting something from this game. Um, I'd hope for a 1-1 draw, but I'm going to go 1-0 Lincoln myself. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that is the case. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. So, <laughs> um, also, um Outside of all the football, we have a, a fantasy Premier League league going on. Um, I run this league myself. It's a bit about, I think it's the third season running it now. And we've got about 80, 85 people in it, including uh, yourself, Ross and Joe, which is great. Um, so if you want to go to my Twitter, which is mkami 23 um, you can follow the instructions there, uh, input the code and join the league. And essentially, you know, create a fantasy team and generate points each week. And I've got prizes this year going up to the top of the top three finishers in the league. I'm currently 16th. I don't know about you, you two guys are, but I'm hoping to be in the top three so I can, uh, well, not have to pay out for one of the prizes. But, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly, it is a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll be leaving the code up until uh, Monday night on my Twitter. So if you do want to enter, uh, follow the instructions there. And... If you want any input on teams, I'm sure S3 will help you out. And just screenshot onto us or DM us them and yeah, we'll help you out. Well, thank you very much for listening to the first podcast. Um, we have been working on this for a few weeks now in terms of the background stuff. And we're really excited to get this going weekly and essentially getting out to you guys. So if you could rate and review our podcast, let us know what you liked and what you didn't. And 
if you could subscribe to us, that'd be be more than grateful. Thank you very much for listening and see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.